Opinion, bills only veto-proof if legislature actually responds to vetoes by the governor. Jason Mercier of the Washington Policy Center reports no indication by legislative leadership that veto override votes will occur. By Jason Mercier with Washington Policy Center. When a bill hits the magic two-thirds vote threshold it's often said it was approved with a veto-proof majority. While that is technically true, that show of legislative support is only meaningful if leadership is willing to schedule an override vote when the governor issues a veto. The governor vetoed several bills this year that were adopted with two-thirds support, some unanimously, this session. As reported by the Seattle Times. The veto pen struck again. For the past few years, Governor Jay Inslee has irked his fellow Democrats with some of his vetoes, prompting outcries and even lawsuits from legislative leaders for his more creative applications of executive authority. Despite lawmakers saying they're extremely disappointed with some of the governor's vetoes, there has been no indication by legislative leadership that veto override votes will occur. Here are the bills the governor completely vetoed this session. HB 1623 addressing the extent to which Washington residents are at risk of rolling blackouts and power supply inadequacy events, House, 9305, Senate, 49 to 0 HB 1648, replacing an inactive certificate status with an inactive license designation, House, 98 to 0, Senate, 4801 HB 1704, regulating service contracts and protection product guarantees, House, 9701, Senate, 4621 HB 2075, Establishing service requirements for the Department of Social and Health Services, House, 9611, Senate, 4801 SB 5017, clarifying school district procurement requirements for service contracts for construction management, value engineering, constructability review, and building commissioning, House, 96 2, Senate, 2821 SB 5810, concerning insurance regulation, House, 9701, Senate, 49 0. Here are the bills the governor issued partial vetoes for this session, excluding budget provisos. HB 1122, concerning the retirement age for state guard members, House, 9503, Senate, 4701 HB 1153, increasing language access in public schools, House, 86-12, Senate, 4351 HB 1655, encouraging the opening of safety rest areas to the public, House, 9701, Senate, 4801 HB 1694, concerning logistical processes for the regulation of priority chemicals in consumer products, House, 83141, Senate, 46 to 3 HB 1812, modernizing the Energy Facility Site Evaluation Council to meet the state's clean energy goals, House, 92 to 6, Senate, 29 to 20 HB 1846, providing a tax preference for rural and non-rural data centers, House, 68 to 30, Senate, 36 to 13 HB 2076, concerning rights and obligations of transportation network company drivers and transportation network companies, House, 56 to 42, Senate, 48 1 SB 5490, creating the Interbranch Advisory Committee, House, 58 to 40, Senate, 4702 SB 5664, concerning forensic competency restoration programs, House, 97 to 1, Senate, 49 to 0 SB 5901, concerning economic development tax incentives for targeted counties, House, 69281, Senate, 3612 1. 
Although some states automatically schedule a veto override session each year to respond to vetoes by their governor, Washington lawmakers need to either call a special session or wait until the next scheduled regular session to act. A new law adopted this year by lawmakers, SB 5196, finally puts into place the procedures necessary for the legislature to call itself into a special session, something that has never happened. Will the legislature take advantage of this new process, or will the governor's vetoes of bills advertised as veto-proof be allowed to stand? Jason Mercier is the director of the Center for Government Reform at the Washington Policy Center.